Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com here on the SRS Wrestling Channel. If you want filled in on why we're here, there's a whole video on where Fightful's Wrestling Channel, where, where all of our channels are. But remember, if you ever ask the question, where do I find this podcast? Where do I find that podcast? The answer is always Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. This past weekend, we had shows uh, for UFC 245, a major show, WWE TLC, uh, SmackDown, a whole lot more. Uh, if, if you stick to YouTube, this is the channel you want to be on for the time being. Make sure you guys subscribe. That helps me out a lot. Watch the content that we have. It helps get my watch hours up so we can monetize it. And do me a good favor. Uh, subscribe to Mr. Warren Hayes' channel. He did our NWA Into the Fire and Ring of Honor review on Saturday Help Warren out as well. But you can also do yourself a favor and subscribe to the woman to my, yeah, my, my, my left. To their friends. You're, you're right. There you go. Oh, if, I was like, to your friends. That makes no sense. Who is just freezing right now, I'm told. Hey, it's cold for California. It's 54 degrees. I'm actually cold. Okay. I gotta turn the heater. It's I know you 25 right here. Is it really? Yes, it's freezing and it's raining and it's nasty. Okay, every, yeah, no, every that's time not I, happening here. Every time I feed the dog next door, I feel like I'm going to tear my ACL sliding through mud and stuff. It's terrible. It's hideous here. And it's Ugh. funny because we've actually been getting consistent rain here the last, like, three weeks. And oh it's so weird. Like, I actually have to use my umbrella. It's so weird. My God. Ah, well guys, we've got plenty of stuff coming your way. I've, I'm working on like deciding if I want to put up all of the content that I filmed recently or wait until the, the new channel is, or to see if our channel gets reinstated. We are working on that. Uh, Wednesday's list and your boy with myself and Jimmy Van. I'm sure we're going to tackle that head on, but, uh, show us a little bit of love, show us some support. And if you want to subscribe uh, to FightfulSelect.com, that's the most direct way to support what we do at Fightful.com. If you were going to send a super chat tonight and you haven't subscribed to Fightful Select, just go ahead and do that. We've got a lot of great things in the works over there. I've got my Q&A show this week. You all can submit questions, as many as you want over there. But let's go ahead and get into it. It's December 16th, Monday Night Raw. As we're speaking, as we go live here, Denise... WWE is filming next week's show as well, and uh, we're going to avoid the spoilers for that, uh, but uh, there, there's some interesting stuff that's already come out that, that's happened on that, but WWE Raw tonight, it, it honestly, a lot of it felt like a time filler to me. So I haven't read any of the spoilers that have come out for the second, well, next week's episode mm -hmm. of Raw. Uh, but based on this week's Raw, I'm kind of a little worried about next week's Raw just because I was watching today and, you know, there were some parts that I, you know, I enjoyed. But there yeah. was a majority where I was just sitting there and 
I had my hand in my face and I was just like not feeling it. I was like, guys, like, and then like when I thought about the fact that the audience was going to have to sit through like pretty much an entire episode, I was like, Oh no, they're, they're going to be exhausted. Yeah. And, uh, there were a couple things I like, there's always these people that are like, Oh, you, you said that you hated raw, but you like this one thing. Well, yeah, it's a three hour show. It's a three hour show. There's going to be stuff on there. And there were a few things that I, particularly loved on this show but let's go ahead and get into this show uh we might have to talk about theme music again or something by the end of this one we gotta <laughs> film that i want to film that that podcast soon i know i'm just i'm just waiting for you to tell me when okay we're gonna we're gonna set it up then i gotta i gotta do okay. i've got a lot of stuff to set up soon but we are that's gonna be a priority because people keep asking for it uh, seth rollins comes out and he brings aop with him now, I, I dug this promo. He says that he was the future, then he was the guy just like everybody said that he was and that he heard all the hype from media, from fans, from pundits, and he still is that guy, and he's going to be that guy into 2020, and everybody's got to go along for the ride. He's going to force everybody to go along for the ride, kicking and screaming if he has to. I thought that was the, that's a, such a different approach than what we saw out of heel Seth Rollins the first go-around, Denise. Yeah, so it's funny because like the past couple of weeks, like I know you liked the stuff that Seth Rollins was saying and I was like, okay, I like it, but I'm not like crazy about it. Um, This week, I like what his his opening promo was way more than all the past ones that he has done. I thought this one was cool um, because I like the fact that he kind of started talking about his experience from the beginning and how things started off and how things went like how they are now and basically how the WWE universe essentially turned on him. And I love the fact that, you know, he has the AOP there, you know, two big buff guys just kind of like holding like, uh, you know, just basically their presence really, I think, helped elevate Seth Rollins and really helped everything like visually look well. Um, I think that the best part of all of this, to be honest, was Samoa Joe afterwards, where he basically put over the AOP. My favorite part was when he said like that, and I'm probably quoting this wrong, but when Samoa Joe said that he's been violent as an end, as a means to an end or ends to him. Okay. You means can correct me end, on yeah. that. Means yeah, to I an end. It. Yeah. And, uh, and that he said, but these guys are doing it because they like violence. And I was just like, yes, like, thank you for nailing that, like yeah. nailing the coffin there to kind of help put these guys over because I felt that really elevated what AOP and Seth Rollins were doing here. So, oh, and I love the part where Seth actually said that, if people didn't go along with what he said, that the AOP would essentially in enforce his will. That I was. A, like, I love that so much. Uh, Rollins says that he has a score to settle, and the audience probably isn't going to like it, and apologizes for what he has to do. Now, this this led me to some curiosity. wasn't quite sure what it was going to be, so I was like, okay, let's see what it is. Is it Kevin Owens, or is he still out of action? Uh, we have, like, while uh, Joe is talking, there's, like, a little bit of audio issues, nothing major, but one of his lines was one that I appreciated as, as somebody who is deep into MMA. He said, these are the guys who keep the, the leg locks on too long in the gym. In the gym, like, if you get caught in a heel hook and somebody holds onto that too long, you you might be done for a year. Like, that that's the type of thing that'll tear your, your knee out. And I love that touch. I love that. There's a guy named... Rusamar Palharis, who got banished from the UFC for doing that. Like, he held onto leg locks too long, and he, he could have torn up people's legs for a long time. He got banished. I thought that was a really nice touch to add to that. And uh, we will get back to Seth Rollins and AOP later, because what we have to talk about is the 10th time that the OC and the Viking Raiders are squaring off against one another since the summer. I believe it's the 7th 2-1-2 match, if you include gauntlets, on TV since the summer. That's a oh, lot. Denise, they... Yeah. <laughs> I love the OC. I think they're two of the most entertaining guys in the world. The Viking Raiders are one of the most entertaining in-ring tag teams in the world. And they got over. We've, we've been talking about that for weeks, how over they were. Until now, now I don't hear those reactions for them. Because they're facing a team, all due respect to the OC, love them. The uh, Viking Raiders have beat them four times before... Crown Jewel happened. Then there were a bunch of six-man tags that they won, too. Like, they, they booked this all in reverse. They made us 
think that OC didn't have a chance. Now they're like, no, 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 wait, we promise they do have a chance because they beat the Viking Raiders again. And I think what got Viking Raiders over was how dominant they are. People kind of dug how they didn't lose. And I think that, you know, one of the last images and sounds that we heard on today's show, when we'll get to that, was totally opposite of what the fans like. And it's true. Like, the fans like to see uh, the Viking Raiders do the things that they're good at. They like to see them do moves that, you know, aren't expected of a guy's of guys these size, those big power moves. Like, we like that. Like, even though we can see the same things over and over, it doesn't matter. We like it. But I feel that, you know, they were having these back-to-back weeks where they were just, you know, facing jobbers, facing jobbers, beating jobbers, beating jobbers, right? But no one really cared. Like, yeah, it was impressive, but no one really cared to see that. And, you know, we've been seeing this OC stuff and when they came out today and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, maybe we're <laughs> I actually wanted to see the jobbers instead, like somebody else, because I didn't want to see the OC and the Viking Raiders again. And when they came out, I was just like, OK, well, I know what this is going to be. And um, but I just feel like today's show was the weakest for the Viking Raiders in terms of, you know, really getting them over. And it's just like they they were hot, but they still haven't had that like that thing like yeah they're champions but they haven't had that thing that has gotten them over the hill where you're just like okay this is what we you know I, I don't know it's like some it hasn't latched on yet is what I'm trying to say like they still need that like grand moment winning the titles but still something else I'm with you I, I completely agree that they're there were they've got a lot to work with between these two teams a lot but unfortunately the Raw Tag Team Division doesn't have a lot to work with. There are five teams, and there are four that aren't completely buried. Because Hawkins and Ryder, nothing. No one cares. All due respect. I love their podcast. They've got an awesome podcast. Uh, the Street Profits, they can't, they're they character-based, and I'm fine with that. AOP, they're, they're doing their Seth thing right now. So it's really just Viking Raiders and the OC. I really thought they should have put Apollo Crews on Raw. I think that Ricochet and Apollo Crews as, like, the fake nice guys would be just an outstanding, like, duo there. But there there are just so many guys that I look at. Like, there were a lot of people missing from Raw tonight. There was no Kevin Owens. There was no Drew McIntyre. Obviously, there's no Brock Lesnar. There's no Charlotte Flair. There's a lot of people that just were not on this show tonight. Well, and I'm wondering if maybe they were going to save them for the second show, possibly. That's what that's obviously the thing that we're thinking, right? Okay, yeah, good. yeah, and and I get it. WWE, you look at that and you're like, all right, WWE's got to film six hours worth of stuff. They got to make something out of nothing. But then I think and I realize, oh yeah, wait, they're getting paid 250 billion a year or 250 million a year. They should they should have their resources in check to make this work and be able to effectively pull off a show. Because you know who else also has to do this all the time? Everybody else, except for AEW. Ring of Honor's got to do this every single time out. Impact's got to do this every time out. NWA, MLW got to do this every time out. They're filming a bunch of TV in a short amount of time. And they still pull it off to, to varying degrees of success. Yeah, there are some shows where you're attending live and you know that they're shooting multiple shows. But I believe Impact like would shoot out of order when we went or something like that. But it felt, you know, it didn't really, for example, being there in the audience, you didn't really like know like, oh, we're on to the next show now. No, you just kind of kept going for it. And then, you know, one saw it all pieced together when you watched it on TV. But one of the things, too, with this match was like really, really long. Um I think it went like two commercial breaks. Yes, it did. I was like, oh man. And then um there was some confusion at the end where oh. I think the commentary was it Samoa was it Jerry where, was it Samoa Joe yeah. who said that it, they had just won the titles or didn't win the titles and it just got really confusing and um so that was a little interesting but they kind of saved that like they saved it in the end but that was that was sort of interesting as well but I just think that uh there was a lot of things today on Raw where it was hard to care. Yeah. This one was one where it was hard to care. Also, there was no KFC involved. How am I supposed to care unless there is a delicious KFC famous bowl waiting outside the ring? I don't care. I do not care. Um, there were some okay spots. 
Ivar doing the the cartwheel is getting really forced at this point. Like I, I don't. Sometimes he just does it to do it. Also, I don't think he needs to do a Bronco Buster. You've already got Carmella and Lacey Evans who both do that move, and three two people doing it is too many. You don't need three people. But yeah, through two commercial breaks, and that's when I was like, oh, we're getting some time killing tonight. But the OC end up beating Ivar with a magic killer, so they've beaten them twice, and still no title. So they, they should get a title match now. There's no reason for them not to. But we always know that formula. The Viking Raiders will win. They'll get their, their title or their, their win back. Yeah, I just feel like at some point, like you're going back and forth, like this has to get aggressive. You know, they, you know, there just needs to be more of an edge to this, you know. That seems to be the case with a whole lot of acts. Uh, That's true. Eric Rowan squashes a jobber. He gets mowed down. He the jobber. You're, you're starting to get the Rowan thing where crowds are starting to kind of enjoy what he's doing because they'll chant one more time after the claw slam. And he obliges the crowd, Denise. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But as ridiculous as I think some of this stuff is, I want to know what's in that crate. Like, I want to find out what's in there. So what they're doing is working on me. Yeah, I liked the interview that he did with Sarah where he basically said, like, do you have something you really love and care about? Well, I do, too. And I was like, hey, that's making a lot of sense to me. You know, like um, that was one of the things where I'm starting you starting to see like this endearing connection that he has with his whatever is inside that cage thing. And so I think it's funny. And I feel like last last week when they had, you know, the guy that was, you know, essentially took his cage and kind of cut away with it. It kind of seems like we were getting that sort of that again today. And um, I just think that I like it if they do it differently each time, like each guy that comes into face row and does something different, that would be clever and kind of fun to see when somebody eventually pulls that off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows how long this is going to go for? I mean, at some point people are going to want to eventually have a payoff to this, you yeah. know, but I think for right now it's still okay. I just wonder what it'll be or if they will pay it off because we've seen so many things like that. The WWE just doesn't pay off. But the thing is almost every single time they have a big mystery like that, it's almost always disappointing. Oh, yeah. It's so hard because you build it up and you yeah. build it up. And so everyone's expectations are, let's face it, maybe a little bit overblown, you know. So, you know, because you don't know, like they can go some funny, ironic route with this where you're like, okay, you might get a few chuckles or you can go into like this dark sort of way. So there's two different routes I think that they can take yeah. with this. So uh, it really just depends. Let me tell you folks, they have not shrunk Marty Skrull and he is not in there. So don't don't get your hopes up. Oh man. So backstage we see Zelina saying Humberto beating Andrade was the best and worst thing to happen to Andrade. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Lashley and Lana come out. Again, a term we're going to use over and over again, killing time. They were just out there killing time. Lana tells Lashley to propose to her. And then Lashley does. And then I thought that Lana was pretty good in saying, Oh, it's just, it's just like we didn't rehearse it. And she was like faking excitement. I loved last night when they asked Rusev how he felt. He was like, I love it because I don't have to pay alimony once she gets remarried. I thought that made a lot of sense. WWE is doing some things here and there that make sense. Also, I like that Rusev did not come out here because, again, he said he doesn't care. He's ready to move on. Uh, this was a waste of time, but whatever. We knew it was coming. Yeah, you know, at one point I thought she was going to propose to him where she kept saying like, oh, you're so gorgeous and all of these things. I was like, dang, girl, just get on there and do your proposal already. Um, The part that I loved was when Bobby Lashley said that she was the most gorgeous person, uh, female in the room or in the world. And then he also called her the best female wrestler. I was like, why would you feel the need to add that in a proposal? You know, like it just didn't make any sense. And it felt like so outrageous. Like, so just, I don't know. It was funny. I love that aspect of it because obviously (laughs) she's not. Uh, Yeah. So so I love how they, they threw that in there. That was fun stuff. Like it's just so outrageous, and the, this whole thing has been like crazy. Like I started thinking, like the, I think the first show I ever did on, you know, with you guys, mm-hmm. 
I think was when they debuted <laughs> yeah. together as a couple. And now we've gone this far and now we're probably going to get a wedding. And who knows at this point, we're going to get a gender reveal party and who knows what else is oh. going to happen the next few months. But um, yeah, it's really just out there. So the topic that quite frankly, most people are going to want to talk about tonight is the Liv Morgan vignette. Oh yeah. It was, I mean, there's no other way about it. It was Emelina with a twist. She's not, I don't think she's trying to be like an Instagram model, but there were so many similar elements of the vignette. Uh, you saw the makeover of Emelina and this was the makeover of Liv Morgan. Almost the same font, almost the same filters, the same colors, uh, and themes used, but Liv Morgan talked throughout her vignettes and it was a little, it was, categorically different in that regard than this. She said that she was reflecting on who she was and was shown getting into a tub and saying that uh, her friends would always tell her what to be and all that. It says that she needs to destroy herself to rebuild herself. What did you make of all this? Okay, so first of all, when she was talking and she said what you just said right now, um, I thought she was going to go a totally different route. And I thought, okay, you know, she's going to be true to her identity, you know, because um, you know, everybody's saying like she's going to do like this maybe like very dark, sinister look. And I thought, okay, maybe she's going to go completely opposite and do like this all-American good girl type thing um, with what she was saying. Yeah. But then – she gets into this tub and is very provocative and gives like this like very like, you know, stare into the camera. And I'm thinking, OK, this is what we're seeing visually is totally different from what we're hearing her say. And so I kind of liked that those two things were different, but also like played well with each other. So it kind of still kept me guessing where it's like, OK, so where exactly is she going with this? But my favorite aspect of this whole thing was where she said that. She's going to be herself and that she's going to stop being what her friends wanted her yeah. to be. I thought that hit like a very like uh, – uh, I like story-wise, I liked that. Now, the thing is, if anybody's watched Total Divas, which I think she honestly stole the show on. I thought she was great as a supporting cast member. I would be shocked if she's not a feature on the next season, and I would be even more shocked if this wasn't a part of it as well. But – the Liv Morgan we saw kind of was the real Liv Morgan, like the loud, brash, colorful personality that was a little bit out there. When she got in the tub and said some of the things she said, I mean, not to be grim, some of it sounded like borderline suicidal. And I was like, oh, shit, what's <laughs> what's going on here? Because you got the imagery of the tub and she's like, I've got to destroy myself. I knew they weren't going there, but I was like, oh, damn, that that. Might not read well, but I, I don't think that's the direction they were going. But well, I mean, if they're trying to use if they're trying to use her specifically to try to like gain traction with a younger female audience, yeah, you know that's unfortunately it's kind of a thing right yeah. now for young girls to you know be a little act a little like you know emo or depressed or whatever. I've heard that this is what's going on right now. You've heard. Um, but You've yeah, heard. I've heard. I'm out of that age group already. But word you know, I've heard word on the street is um that this is happening. And so I'm wondering like now if maybe they're gonna use her to like either appeal to younger girls or hey, just appeal to men. I don't know. Man, uh, so <laughs> live. More. How do you think this ends? How do you think that that we see all that unfold? She's got to do some. They've built us up so much. They've hyped it up so much. It's got to be something good and something different. Because if it's not different, then you know. I think people are going to be like really let down. But then at the same time, she does have a really, you know, strong fan base where, I mean, obviously whatever she does, they'll be like, you know, excited for. And, you know, I she has a lot of things that attract multiple people. But I just think that it has to be something that is good for it to like really land, you know, especially because we've had this whole hyped up stuff. And it's, you know, it's funny because I feel like it's been too long. We should have gotten these vignettes a lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah. It's been months and months and. I've told you the story before, like, I feel like it was weeks or maybe even a month after she did that promo, and she was about to go out for a dark match with Ember Moon, and they were like, whoa, 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 why did we schedule this? She can't be seen until we do this relaunch, and they had to send heavy machinery out there to face the B team in a squash match in tank tops and basketball shorts, and 
it was yeah they they don't send people out there cold like that's a rule and they broke that rule just to avoid doing just to avoid having live out there kind of kind of wild right so then it makes you think like okay well then this has to be good if they're protecting it that much yeah i agree oh i've got a lot of feelings about this top contender gauntlet match because ultimately ultimately it was a giant waste of time and it yeah. was the the and i'll i'll have people that say oh well it advanced andrade and Carrillo, that's cool. You didn't need you didn't need an hour to do that. But it didn't even do that. I, I saw people say that, and I was like, guys, you're not thinking right. And I hate to say it, but I was like, what are you guys thinking? It didn't do anything. Well, I'll get to that. Uh, and I saw people say, oh well, it set up Seth Rollins and Ray. Hey, none of them were really involved in this match. Just Ray finding out who was going to fight for his title. My hope was that when our truth came out, they hadn't suspended the 24-7 rule and every fall would be for the 24-7 title as well. Or we'd get some interaction <laughs> there. Instead, after Tazawa beats him, which is cool, glad Tazawa got a win, all the dorks showed up and gave chase. They got to do something different with this title, Denise. Like, And they didn't even have the title on the show last night. That could have added a little bit of spice to TLC having like at least one little title change or something. Yeah, I think it just comes across as like too dorky. And if it's going to be dorky, it's got to be really funny, you know, where you're actually going to laugh. It can't be in the middle. Yeah. But, oh, okay. But, yeah, oh, I, I, I agree. And then Ricochet came out, and it's all Tazawa early on that. Like he got some good offense in, an octopus hold, a German suplex. He took a nasty bump on that recoil. I love the way he took that. He like flew over and is eliminated. Did you have any particular thoughts about that? Because Tazawa got a little bit of shine tonight. Well, it's funny because that was one of the things where, you know, yeah, he got some shine. But did you honestly think that he was going to go all the way? That was my issue with the gauntlet where there was guys where, you know, I didn't think Tazawa was going to make it all the way. I didn't think our truth was going to make it all the way or Matt Hardy. So when there's people that I don't really think are going to make it the full way or have an honest chance of winning, it takes away my interest of actually caring. Like, I want to have it be where it's guys where I think this guy honestly has a shot. Uh, You know, oh, oh, I'm really excited. I can't believe he beat this person, you know, Uh, and he went on to the second round. I didn't see that coming, you know. And so that's one of the things that was lacking for for this gauntlet that, you know, I think – is something that we should need that we should have in a gauntlet as competitors that you're actually thinking this guy might have a ch- chance. Like I should be thinking, oh, you know, this person's gonna win. No, this person. These are my top two picks. I think these two people. But he, I didn't have that, you know. Well, I'll tell you the highlight of this match for me was Matt Hardy. Man, uh, he came he came to show off tonight, and we saw some things that I am that we have not seen in a long time. He had a side effect early on. I thought it was a real pro move, and you'll see a lot of wrestlers do this. Ricochet took a really nasty bump off the back body drop. Hardy immediately went for the pin. That way, even though Hardy was supposed to lose, if Ricochet was like terribly hurt and needed to get out of there, the show could go on and he could get out of there. I love that. Matt Hardy did a seated crucifix power bomb. I haven't seen him do that in ages. That was so awesome. Uh, Hardy caught Ricochet midair with a side effect, and then he busted out a moonsault that he missed. He's like 45, Denise. Yeah, yeah. I know. He doesn't seem like it at all, though. He, he, look, you can tell he's auditioning for some roles come March. Like, he's, he's letting people know, hey, I can still go in the ring. It's not just character work. Um, there was a twist of fate counter into a roll up for the pin, but they didn't announce that he lost. So everybody was like, what's going on? What's going on here? And I thought it took away a lot. It did. I was confused. I was like, wait, did somebody make a mistake here? Uh, did, did I miss it? You know, it made everybody second guess everybody. And you know, if, I, yeah, and even commentary was confused on that one. They were like, wait, did he win? And then I was happy that they showed the replay. And if your question is, did somebody make a mistake here and it's on Monday Night Raw, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I, I love that. Ricochet hit the standing star press as well. But Matt Hardy has lost all three of his matches since he's been back. But he looked really, really good tonight. And it was in a fast-paced match with one of the fastest-paced workers in the world. And he kept up with him. 
And that says a lot for a guy like Matt Hardy, who's been around for 25 years on WWF TV. He started to do enhancement matches in 94. And by 99, 2000, Denise, you had everybody saying, they can't work this style their whole career. They can't do this. Their career's going to end short. And here Matt Hardy is at 45 years old, getting ready to set up whoever he's going to work for in 2020. Yeah, it's incredible. That's, that's incredible. And it's cool because he's that guy that comes in, he knows his job, he knows his role, he knows why he's in that match, and he gets a pop from the crowd each time. Yeah. My boy, Humberto Carrillo is out next. I think about you every single time he comes out now. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot be arsed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To care about a damn thing he does. I just can't. Um, he almost gets small packaged and ends up kicking out. His offense still has trouble hitting. Ricochet does a nice looking Samoan driver and then Zelina makes her way out. And like, I know it seems like I pick on Carrillo a lot, but I just like, there was a spot where he was supposed to get clotheslined over the ropes as he hit the ropes, but he ran towards the ropes, then just turned around and waited. I was like, man, that, ugh. There was some good stuff, though, like Ricochet landing a superplex and a Northern Lights and uh, flipping out of the reverse Rana. Uh, there was a running Canadian Destroyer. I think that's what it was supposed to be. It looked really dangerous. And Carrillo did his moonsault, which, quite frankly, I think is maybe the best I've ever seen. I'll give him that. He's got probably the best moonsault I've ever seen in my entire life. But I don't give a damn about him, and I don't know. I don't want to be a broken record and say this all the time. So uh, how do you feel about this, Denise? Well, okay, see, that's the thing. Okay, so for example, like, you know, you don't care about him. And, like, this is the reason, like, I got, like, when I was seeing people on Twitter say, oh, that, you know, they were glad that essentially both guys were put over in this. Like, no, they weren't. Okay, they weren't. So first of all, um, you know, if you're going to go with Umberto as, you know, one of the up, up and coming stars have, you know, with Umberto and Andrade, it doesn't always have to be a feud. OK, you can have Umberto beat Andrade, move on and keep building him. And then once he actually becomes something, circle that circle back with Andrade and then have Andrade eventually beat him. And there you go. You have more than one star, more than more than one person people can care about. And so like that for me, like I need to see the string being pulled with somebody like somebody needs to move forward and need to be needs to be elevated in this. And if it's going to be Umberto, then they need to do it because it's like they don't want to beat Carrillo and they wanted Andrade to get his heat back. So it was just like, we got to make some decisions here. We got to go with somebody and really go for it, you know? That way people can care or else people are not going to care. I was saying last night, it's if Humberto came out of that match looking physically like Andrade did with all the blood all over his face or Aleister Black, I think that would have went a long way in making people sympathize with him. It would have shown that he's gritty, but all people see now are the dimples and the hair. And and they associate him too much with a kid, too, because that's what they keep saying yeah. on commentary. And, like, he's so cute. He's so cute. It's like, okay, but that's not going to get anybody interested. They send so many conflicted messages because they're like, the underdog, the underdog, the kid, the kid. Then he gets drafted in the draft, like, before Baron Corbin and before a lot of these people did. Like, that... 
it's and then they're talking about like like how good he is and all that stuff and I'm like I get it but there there are a lot of mixed messages being sent about his presentation and none of them are being sent by him because he can't he's not talking he's not he's not saying anything but like he got drafted before Samoa Joe before the Miz before Dolph Ziggler and Rude before Elias before Rey Mysterio, before Corbin. And, like, if you want to get technical with it, he also got drafted before, like, the Viking Raiders did. Fourth rounders they were. So, AOP even didn't get drafted. But this guy did. So, it's, like I said, it's it's really mixed up. Really, right. really he's got to be something up. eventually. He, if he's going to be the underdog, be the underdog. If he's going to be the guy that, you know, gets all these quick wins, then he's the guy that gets the quick wins. If he's going to be the guy that's the next, you know, Latino high-flying star, okay, then be that guy. But I just think that we're getting a bunch of different pieces of a certain guy, and that's what I'm saying. Like, they got to, like, pull forward with, with something. And the thing is, it's really, really hard for me to buy. Like, the thing is, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's going to be the next Latino star. There don't got to be one. There's a ton of them. Andrade is awesome. Rey Mysterio is still awesome. I flat out had people on the roster telling me, like, quote, I got to get my ass to Columbia to get stem cells, like, joking about Rey last week. And, like, and they were joking, but then they're like, no, but really. And you got Garza Jr. on NXT, who I think is just unbelievable. Like, he's so awesome. Like, there, there are a lot, there doesn't have to be just one, and it really seems like they're trying to position him as the one. And the thing that bothers me so much is, like, Garza's already got it. He's so special. He's so special. Andrade is so special. He's already got it. And I watched Andrade show up, like, I've mentioned this before, at a media junket that he was not advertised at, and he went through 20 to 24, probably two dozen interviews in a language he was just learning. Where who, Garza? No, 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 Andrade. Andrade, oh, okay. And this came after I heard that he had went to Vince McMahon and said, what can I do? What can I do? And he was told, learn English. And he's there talking to two dozen media outlets in a language he doesn't even speak near fluently yet. That is amazing, and it shows his dedication. And I don't see WWE giving him that same dedication, and that's that's disheartening. I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because – so when we did the Fox carpet and I interviewed Andrade and Charlotte, I had my – I did my interview in English with both of them, and – I had some people that said, Denise, this was a missed opportunity. You should have done the interview with, in Spanish. Okay, but let me tell you why. So when I was there doing this interview, I, as a Latina, I just thought, hey, this guy is coming out here and he's doing all these interviews in English. I'm speaking to his girlfriend in English. It would have been disrespectful, I think. And that's how I felt in the moment to do the interview with him in Spanish, knowing that he's pushing forward to doing something in English. Like we could have perfectly communicated in Spanish, but I felt that the right thing to do at that moment was to do it in English. And it's just weird, but it's little things like that where I just thought like, you know, yeah, he's Latino. I'm Latina, but you don't always have to be like, oh, this is the Latino. Latino star. This is a Latino yeah. star. No, this is a star, period. This is a wrestler who has charisma, has this, has that, whoever you're talking about. Like, you don't always have to, like, emphasize, like, oh, they're Latino or, oh, they're this or, oh, they're that. No, they are just a wrestler, wrestler with charisma, wrestler with skill, you name it. So anyway, so I just thought that it's pretty interesting, like, um, that you mentioned that because I do take it as, like, something, like, very, you know, if you're going out there and doing all these interviews in English, like that says a lot about your character and who you want to be and where you want to go. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he goes out there and he does that stuff. He does a lot of stuff in English intentionally. Now, we we have, for example, Impact Wrestling's hit us up several times and said, hey, can Carlos interview Pentagon or Phoenix at the time? Because they want us to do that and then they want us to translate it into English. That way, that English audience. Uh, gets to see what they say, and, and they get the best of both worlds. But I see Andrade trying so hard in the ring, outside the ring, on the carpet, 
at media junkets. Like I've personally seen this and I feel like that has being sacrificed for other things. And right now, if I'm being honest, if, if you have to rank them and I don't think him being Latino should matter, but if you're ranking it, I got Carrillo behind Ray. I got him behind Garza. I got him behind Andrade. I got him behind Raul Mendoza even. Like, I think Mendoza is way better than him in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that probably Grand Metalik is better. I, I don't hear Metalik talk an awful lot, but I, I think he's probably better too. I just don't see it. I just do not see it, and hopefully something is there to make me see it because right now it feels really, really forced, and that's frustrating because they are trying something new, and they're trying somebody new, but they're forcing it, and that that ain't great. No, so, yeah, I totally get that. They got to do something to make people care. So uh, Andrade comes out, ends up hitting a hammerlock DDT on the concrete, and that's it. Carrillo's dead, but Andrade doesn't win. They don't announce it. And I'm just sitting around like, well, what's going on? Did he win? He Surely he won. Yeah, he won. No, I guess he didn't. Because Ray comes out to help, and that leads to our next segment, where uh, Carrillo's being stretched out, and all due respect to Carrillo. They, they gotta keep him off TV for a long time. <laughs> like, maybe he comes back at the Rumble and eliminates Andrade. Maybe. And, and I don't know, has some face paint or something emo. He can be Liv Morgan's boyfriend. I don't know. <laughs> that would be fun. Like, they, they cart him out there in a bathtub or something. Like, I don't know what the deal is. But Seth Rollins and AOP come out and Ray immediately starts to attack. And I just love the continuity of this. With Seth Rollins. This is what he wanted to rectify. Rey Mysterio last week gave Kevin Owens a lead pipe, metal pipe, whatever it is, to beat them up with. And Rollins is not happy about that. And because uh, Rey did that, they end up beating up Rey. I thought this was a great touch, a great way to set up a match. I do not like that it undermined the entire point of the hour we had just watched. But aside from that, Denise... I thought that was brilliant. What do you think about it? Yeah, aside from that and like realizing that the gauntlet didn't didn't matter at all. Um I liked the fact that he came out and you know it's you know, we've had we've seen the beatdown of Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. You know, like Rey Mysterio's just that guy that like you know, because of who he is, you know, obviously people are going to take advantage of the fact that his size, that he's smaller. So if you beat him down, it's a very easy way to make the bad guys look even worse. So I actually liked this because I thought, okay, well, now, you know, we saw the beat down of Kevin Owens. So now, you know, to beat down a Rey Mysterio, it gives them, you know, another layer to them being like anti everybody else and whatever it is that they're, you know, they're doing. So I actually liked this beat down and all of that i like the fact that he did put the weapon in his face and you know sort of taunted him with that uh, or like reminded him of that that was an interesting touch as well and then um that was pretty much it on that yeah uh, i thought that that was just good i i love stuff that makes sense if uh, people are like oh what are you looking for something to complain about if it doesn't make sense i'm not I'm probably not gonna like it there, there are some exceptions but I already suspend my disbelief quite a bit as is. So if I see somebody sitting there hanging from the ropes for 10 seconds waiting to get stomped on, I'm not going to like it. If I'm watching a ladder match and one opponent is incapacitated, the other opponent is underneath the ring, and the two people that are on one team are standing next to the ladder, not climbing up, I'm going to think it's dumb. This I didn't think was dumb. I thought that Rollins... Brought it full circle. He had a reason to not like Ray. He had a reason to send his boys after Ray. I, I just thought that was a good touch. And then he challenges Ray for a U.S. title match, which I, I was yeah. like, mm. I'm glad I'll see the match because the match will rule. Yeah. But I was like, God, why did we just watch that? Why did we just watch that? That's pointless. Um, yeah, I also like the part where Joe said, and I tweeted this out, where he said that um, that Seth is just a false messiah with two thugs. I was like, yeah. dude, like, you're just nailing it. Like, for, you know, for people that, you know, just nailing what they're trying to get across, you know? So I, I, I liked that little touch. 
felt like I needed to add that. Speaking of not making sense, but hey, it's it's cool. Fightful alumni, Deanna Perrazzo, uh, search her in our, our little search bar, and you'll see an article she wrote for us. I, I'm assuming she got a manager's license, Denise, because just like Sami Zayn, she showed up on Raw, even though she's on another brand. And I had people say, this maybe this was her call-up. Oh, but she hasn't debuted on NXT yet. They had an NXT nameplate. And they said... Did they really? Yes, they had an NXT nameplate, and they said, NXT's Deanna Perrazzo. And I, I love Deanna Perrazzo. I'm glad to see her on TV. But they make the brand split not matter so much. And I had everybody trying to make excuses, saying, oh, but it's not really... NXT isn't part of the brand split, because they weren't a part of the draft. And I'm like, excuse me, we just had a full pay-per-view about this. Now, to be fair... All I need is William Regal on Wednesday to say, I loaned them to Raw. That's it. Say, hey, we weren't using them here. I loaned them to Raw for a couple weeks. I I may have spoiled you guys, but them being Chelsea Green because she shows up next week. Sorry for the spoiler. Have to do it for the (laughs) sake of clarity. But Deanna and Chelsea aren't being used on NXT. And like I said, that's all it takes. One line. One line. Just say, Raw was short-staffed for the holidays. I let them borrow Deanna and Chelsea. It helps us out a little bit. Do I like it? No, because it bastardizes the brand split even further. But it would help. Uh, I get the feeling you're not as upset about this as I am, obviously. But No, but <laughs> I just can't believe that people think that NXT is not part of the brand split. And you can't say, oh, this is her going to the main roster. Uh-uh. NXT is now on USA Network. Prime there time. Is, there is no – there's not supposed to be – I mean, granted, if you go into the logistics of pay and all of that. But yes. that aside – from the outsider's perspective, there's not supposed to be a main roster exactly. anymore. Exactly. They're all on par. So they should not be on Raw or SmackDown unless they're, I don't know, switching over. And then I got people saying, oh, but she hasn't debuted on TV. Well, then why does she have the NXT nameplate next to her name? She was on the show. She was shown on TV with Chelsea Green in the crowd. She is a part of their roster. Cut the shit, guys, if you all want to make excuses for bad continuity. If you all want to make excuses for them not playing by their own rules, you are more than welcome to. You can enjoy this subjective form of entertainment however you so choose. But I choose personally to point this stuff out because I can't stand it. I cannot stand it when they sit there and they say brand supremacy matters to the point to where it's the only thing that matters. And then we see stuff like this. Then Kevin Owens is hopping over to NXT. Then Sami Zayn is jumping over to Raw. Then Deanna and Chelsea are hopping over to Raw. Like, And then you have Seth Rollins at the beginning of the show basically say that he wants to make Raw better. That he wants to carry it into 2020. Okay, but why? Because there's a brand split and yeah. you guys want to be the supreme brand and etc. So yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. They got to... Yeah, they, they either they, they either switch them or and it say they're a better fit on Raw or just don't bring them in. I'm sure they could have found somebody else to face Oscar. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I'm stoked to see Deanna on TV. Deanna Perrazzo yeah. is one of the greatest people you will ever meet in the wrestling world. Uh, an absolute saint of a person and a really good wrestler. Uh, it's just all I need is one line from William Regal on Wednesday. Not even do it on Twitter, William. I don't care. Just say, I loaned them. I loaned them. Whatever. And, and people are saying, well, they're short, they're short staffed because of Kyrie being out. They had a video package queued up for, which funny enough, more than they've done for Humberto Carrillo so far. <laughs> Poor Carrillo can't even get a video package. Ah, but I did like this match. Ziana kicked Asuka before the commercial. Applied the arm bar right after. She got out of an ankle lock, hit a nice looking reverse STO. But the Oscar lock wins it. Again, I, I want him to make sense of it, but I love seeing her on TV, and I really dug this match. It was a nice, simple, straightforward match that was competitive and put Oscar over the way she should be, and that was the end of it. Yeah, and we, we don't have any information on Kyrie Sane's condition yet. Obviously, she was not cleared tonight. Nobody knew when I asked last night. They just said it looked really bad, and... 
Like, the fact that she was getting evaluated is not a big secret. They do that at TV all the time. I do have a bunch of other injury news up on FightfulSelect.com. Go over there and subscribe. But uh, whenever I find out about Kyrie Sane, if I do, I'll post that on the website or on Twitter or something like that. But Do we know exactly when she got hurt? I don't. I don't. There's a lot of people speculating. There's a lot of people Theories. pointing fingers and stuff like that. And um, there, there's a lot of people that are mad at Charlotte. I mean, fans that are. And do, do I think that a different course of action could have been taken? Yes, but I don't know how much Charlotte knows. She doesn't have ten video cameras to work on, work on or right. angles. She's she's in there in the heat of the moment. A lot of times, you don't know somebody's messed up until it's a little bit too late. You just think maybe they're having a bad match. Now, I guess maybe red flag should be the fact that Kyrie Sane's having a bad match in general because that doesn't happen. But, yeah, there was a part that I remember from that match where I think Charlotte was going to powerbomb her on the outside. I forgot if it was oh, yeah. onto a ladder, but it was right by Table. the yeah, 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 okay, yeah, and it was right by the, the 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 barricade. And I just remember like Kyrie's body seeming like kind of heavy, like she was struggling to actually get her in place. Yeah. And for a second, I thought that was just you know Kyrie just wanting to struggle, but it looked weird. So I didn't know if it happened like prior to that or after that. So that was just an interesting thing. I'll tell you another thing I liked on this show. Uh, Becky Lynch's promo. This was such a different angle to take with this. She said that when she was put in the tag team division, she thought the company was trying to bury her. But then she said it was something a lot worse. They were trying to protect her because she knows that she is their golden goose. And WWE doesn't think she can beat Asuka because she never has. As I pointed out time and time again. Tag Team, TLC, Ladders, uh, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, anything. She's never beaten Asuka. And she wants to prove she can beat Asuka. I thought her saying that the company was trying to protect her and that she knows she's their golden goose, that is such a fresh, different, and welcome approach for me. Because how many times do you see them pretending that, like, okay, they're trying to hold Roman Reigns down, the big star. Becky Lynch is the big star, and she's like, no, I know that they're trying to protect me. This was so simple, and it's not an approach I've seen them take, and it just it knocked my socks off. I loved it. Yeah, and I think Becky's at a point right now where, you know, she's like, you know, she's, you know, still like the biggest face right now that they have, but, you know, obviously she isn't in the world's hottest program. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, she's making do with what she's got right now. And I thought that was a nice, I like these serious sit down interviews, you know, um, if they're done right, they can, if they're done right, they can do a lot, you know, for somebody. And so, yeah, I liked this. And, you know, I just think that Becky's always been really good at knowing who she is and knowing what she's supposed to say. And she gets, obviously, she gets her character very well where she says things that are cool to hear, you know, and you're like, yeah, like that makes sense. And you want to hear that because, you know, she's the man and, you know, you're holding her to a different standard. I agree with you on the sit down interview. I think, in front of a crowd, especially if it was just her by herself walking out there and just saying this, I think it would have died a death. Uh, I mean, Man. relatively speaking, but it would have been so weird to see her walk out there with a microphone and go, yeah, guys, uh, yeah, they're trying to protect me. That, that That's such an awkward thing to do for a baby face. That's why I'm glad it's reserved for heels because it, it's almost like a very middle school thing to do. Like, hey, everybody, listen, listen to what I have to say. <laughs> I promise I'm a good guy, though, type of thing. It's so Well, that's weird. what was happening with Seth Rollins. That's yeah. what we were seeing. We saw that. And it wasn't all, working. Yeah, we saw that all the time out of him. We used to see that all the time out of Roman Reigns, too. And then they, they at least got smart, and they cut it to, like, instead of 15 minutes, they would cut it down to, like, two or three. But I thought this was just really good all around. Whoever wrote it was good. Becky executed it good. They even shot it really well. And Asuka at the Royal Rumble makes a lot of sense. I would even go one further. Depending on what they have planned for WrestleMania, if like the company denied Becky Lynch her shot at facing Asuka and Asuka somehow had to win the Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber to get a title shot at WrestleMania, that that's like completely opposite than anything we've ever seen. We've always seen the babyface having to overcome the promotion. But it's the babyface having to overcome the promotion that's looking out for her it, it's such a different dynamic, and I 
I really dig it. It's, it's, I've never seen it in wrestling. Maybe I'm mistaken, but if anybody else remembers an angle quite like this, I can't think of it, but I, I loved it. Over the moon. Ah, oh, main event. It was fine. I enjoyed it. Lots of great selling. Orton sold his ass off. Sold his leg off, that's for sure. Samoa Joe was stoked about the leg locks. And I'm a leg lock geek myself, so sure. And the work's fine. Work's good. Good DDT, good power slam. The finish ruled. Uh, Styles with the hesitation. But then he goes for the phenomenal form and gets caught with the RKO anyway. Sure. I like that. The tease where it's like, oh, he yeah. outsmarted him. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually pretty interesting. And then Orton ended up winning anyway. I love that. That was really good. But, yeah, because if not, you would have thought it, it would have been the other, route, the other way around, you know? Yeah. I, I thought they were going a different direction, so this was actually pretty pleasing. And, it, you know, it was, a, it was a decent main event, you know? It was what you would expect, you know, from guys like AJ Styles and Randy Orton. So I personally liked the match, but I did like the 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 finish with that tease. Yeah, and then Orton wins, but the OC stands tall because the OC and the Viking Raiders come out. Magic killer on the Viking Raiders, and I'm just like, ah, 50-50 again. All right, whatever. But th- this did feel like a little bit of a bigger match because they had built it for a couple weeks, and I'm okay with that. If they wanted to have, like, a big year-end bash Monday Night Raw, I'd be all for that. Like, they've had some great matches in that spot. I remember Triple H and Shawn Michaels on, like, I think it was either the first Raw of 04 or the last of 03 had an unbelievable match to end the year, and it it ruled. But I didn't think that this needed the OC standing tall. I guess we'll see how it ends up next week. But I'm interested. Did you get the overrun? How did you? Well, I know that sometimes you got to stream stuff, but a lot of people got got their show cut off because there was an overrun. WWE hasn't had an overrun on Raw since last year. I think well, my mind ended with 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 the OC, you know, and celebrating. That was it. That was the last thing I saw. Was that where I was? The last thing I was. Yes, yes, it was. But okay, it was supposed then, to yeah, end, it was supposed to end at 12 on the dot, or uh, 11 on the dot. And it didn't. It lasted a little bit longer. And oh, I see. Yeah, some, mine didn't get cut off. Some people got their show cut off. Uh, USA had a first look for some show or movie planned for that period. But it ended up being all right, quite frankly, I thought. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot worse Monday Night Raws in this episode. For for a time filler episode of Raw, I thought there was plenty of good stuff on this show. I thought the big the first hour, the third hour was okay. It was just the gauntlet stuff. I thought went way too long, yeah. and then for it to really be nothing really. Uh, I did like the crowd reaction at the end because people were pissed because this was not the Viking Raiders night. People do yeah. not like to see them lose and i think that was one of the things i mentioned at the top of this review was that uh i did like the crowd reaction because like this was one of the first times where like i really felt like it was eminent that we can hear these boos and people really being upset about this and uh i thought it did well like it worked well with what the oc is supposed to be doing and you know with, with the viking raiders and us having us care about somebody not winning yeah guys we do have the raw spoilers for next week up on uh up on Fightful.com as we speak right now. Uh, our show schedule will be as scheduled as always. It's just the shows will be on this channel for the time being. Uh, if it becomes clear that we're not going to get our Fightful channel back, we'll probably make another one. But even if we do, I'll still do stuff over here since so many of you were, were cool enough to subscribe to this and do all that. Um, but uh, the I'll say this. The Raw spoilers... Look pretty interesting for next week. There, there's some stuff, uh, there's some stuff worth watching there, uh, and some stuff not worth watching. It looks like. <laughs> as I'm gonna tradition. be surprised. I'm gonna be surprised. I'm gonna go into this raw with as much of a nothing that I know and be surprised. Oh man, but yeah, guys, I have some of you saying, "Where are the super chats?" I got to 1,000 subscribers, which is required. But I also have to get to 4,000 watch hours, I believe it is. Uh, it, pff, YouTube says I'm at like 1,100, but the analytics say I'm at like 2,300. So go figure. No, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so I should probably be there by the end of the week. Uh, I'm hoping so at least by Wednesday would be very nice. 
uh, programming schedule. I will not be here Friday. Uh, I don't know if the uh, SmackDown show will be on this channel or Warren's channel, but it will be at Fightful.com. I have a wedding to participate in, so uh, mazel tov to those uh, good folks, but you'll be missing me this weekend, but we got plenty of stuff over at FightfulSelect.com. My Q&A show this week, backstage report this week, and Denise, me and you got to set that, we got to set a day yes. for the the music review because I think I might well, use that as a fill-in for listing your boy in a couple weeks. There you go. It could be like a holiday special or a kicking off the new year or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So tell the people where they can find you. All right, guys. As always, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. You guys can go ahead and follow me and check out stuff. Um, on YouTube, I post pop culture videos and pro wrestling interviews. So it's kind of a hybrid of both. So if you're like me and you're a little weird and you like multiple things, you might enjoy the channel. Denise has a wide array of stuff over there. Go check her out. Until next time, guys, leave a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.